Hello, everyone. I am Brennan Sahajan, and I attend bar at Washington State's best beer bar, the Manitou Tap House. I decided to make a podcast because the regular customers who come in are the most eclectic group of people I have ever met. And I want all of you to know the perspective and stories from the people from my bar. My guest on the podcast today is a wealth of information, piss, and vinegar. A longtime railroad engineer for every company that rides the rails at one point. He is a longtime regular at the Tap House and drinks like a true Wisconsinite and a good friend of mine. Though retired for many years, he will never act like he is. I've even played football with him. This interview is not for those who are faint of heart because he cusses like a sailor. Please enjoy John Welch. We are live. Yeah. First of all, I want to say thank you for doing this and thank you for your time, John. No I appreciate problem. it. I know that time is valuable and important. 28 bucks an hour, pal. All right. <laughs> we got money. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's jump into it. Yeah. Uh, who are you and what led you to be that person? Uh, yeah. Who am I? I'm an observer. Okay, I like that. I think of, especially now where it's more pronounced of the current situation in this in, in this country, of people who seem to me to live in an alternate universe from hmm. what most people, almost all people that I've known or come in contact with, we share the same universe, maybe not the same values, but the same universe. Yeah. So if the big chief says uh, two and two is four or is five, people in that universe go, "Damn right, I had no idea it was like that." Yeah. Hmm. It's just it's it's it's. And do you mean? Well, actually, let, I I should probably say this. You are the first person that I have interviewed since mm -hmm. this pandemic has broken out. So your oh, really? your perspective is going to be different than all of the other ones. Prior Absolutely. To this. Yeah. And, You're right. And is that what you mean? When you say now, are you saying because of the I pandemic? I mean now, or? now, yeah, today. It's like this. This guy. Oh, this guy says, "Well, it's all a hoax." And I thought, okay, well, you're the first guy in anywhere on planet Earth who has been cut down by a hoax. You're sick because of a hoax. Which is it? Yeah, you're COVID nineteen positive, but it's a hoax. I mean. You're just, I don't, I don't get it. I really, I'm just uh, stymied. Mm -hmm. And people buy into that. Well, yeah, goddamn right. So all the people that buy into this hoax bullshit, what about the tooth fairy? Yeah. What about the Easter bunny, Santa Claus, and all this stuff? And you buy into this shit that, that an ailment that knocked the president of the United States out of commission for a little while, has got the power. To what about the tooth fairy? You know, I mean, yeah. come on, yeah. are you guys out, you guys out to lunch or what? It is pretty. Uh... I just, I don't get it at one bit, and I'm sure they're all fine folks for the most part, but it's, it's like, I, I'm sure that they have, I, and just because I don't want to point fingers, I think that they're, they have like their side of the story, and most of the people that are saying it's a hoax. I don't think that they really understand completely what they're saying when they say that. And the problem with the people who don't understand what they're saying, vote. I know that. <laughs> yeah, that is a big I problem. mean, at least you got to have some kind of idea about what Joe Blow or this guy says they're going to be able to do, knowing that most of it's bullshit because mm -hmm. they can't do what they say they, they're going to want to do. Right. Um, every, every guy running for president... Seems to me, he says, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I said, no, you're not. Because you're going to be up against the Congress in, in the House. You're going to be up against the Senate. You're going to be up against a bunch of lobbyists. Your, your handlers from business and everything like that are going to drag you around and say, no, this is what you're going to do. And, right. You know, I take it for a grain of salt. It's mm -hmm. the whole, I don't know, this whole system in this country is so screwed up. And it's all about influence and money. It is. Well, and how so, many of these guys get elected to Congress and they wind up coming in there without a pot to piss in, and after 15 or 20 terms, they walk away with a shitload of money. I said, well, where did that come from? 
I digress, or you digress. Well, I digress because this is another question that you got in there. That sure, but I'm this, disappointed. I mean, this all came from you being an observer of the times. I'm a history guy. Well, yeah, I've read history all my life. Okay, so that's what I want to hear. How did you? How do you feel that um, you were led into being this observer that you describe yourself as? World War II history. When I was a kid. <clears throat> I go to this drugstore about eight blocks from my house, Peter's Drugs. Mm -hmm. That was the last name of these guys. And they had these big rotating racks of paperback books. Mm -hmm. They were cheap. And at, in the mid-50s, World War II history was really big big sellers. They were half a quarter. I'm sure. And, and so uh, I was reading that stuff like it was... Lunch, I was just, blah, 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 just gobbling that stuff up. And the whole quest just stuck with me. Hmm. Why? Of history. Well, I mean, there's a bunch of it right there. Oh, I can see. Yeah. That, that second that second role, mm -hmm. Roman. Roman historians, Titus Livius, Suetonius, all these guys, Julius Caesar. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I love that stuff. Yeah. It just... It, and the stuff that was going on, say then, two thousand years ago, we're still experiencing it now, in government mm -hmm. and things. And it's it's not that I'm smarter than other people, because I'm not. It's just that maybe, I guess I could allow myself to say I'm a little better informed historically, yeah, uh, than most people. So do you do you have like a do you believe that if people are informed and are well read that they'll automatically lean a certain direction? They might, yeah. It, it, that's the only way you can do is get get educated in a sense of, well, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, and lean in that direction mm -hmm. away from what you don't like, but also exposing yourself to what you don't like to confirm what you do like. 100%, that's really important. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's, it's people that are Republicans, and I, right now I confess this, I will not vote in the rest of my life, I don't think, for a Republican. I don't care if they're a dog catcher. Just to protest this Republican Party under Trump. It's just, I mean, it's just, it's appalling, in my opinion. Hmm. So we've got a couple of people on the ballot. you got your your voter's guide, yeah. like I did, and I went, no, not me. you're cute too, but you're a Republican, out. <laughs> I just, I'm just not going to do it as a protest, not necessarily against the base archaeology, or um, the base um, foundational beliefs uh, of the Republican. Yeah, oh, excuse me, yeah, the, the, the base beliefs of conservatism, that's not it at all, it's yeah. just how <clears throat> it's represented today, these people are, they're over the top, and, and so many ways. Sure. And they're going to vote. They're going to vote like gangbusters for this knucklehead in the White House. I'm going. He's going to take away your health care if you are on the 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 ACA. Yeah. Nancy, what's her face here? Or um, Kathy McMorris Rogers? She's already said she's going to vote to repeal the Affordable Care Act. If you are a voter and you have on, you've got your insurance under the Affordable Care Act, you're going to vote for the person that's going to screw you? Yeah. Okay. Knock yourself out. <clears throat> I think it'll be the death knell of the Republican Party if they start going to try to cut 80 million of us off of Social Security and Medicare. I think that'll be the end of the Republican Party, in my opinion. So you think that this election could change well, not, everything? Maybe no, 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 not, not, <clears throat> no. If Trump gets in, it might take four years. If he gets in again, because there are the people, in, some people in the Republican Party have said that we're going to, we want to get rid of uh, Medicare, we want to get rid of Social Security. <clears throat> oh, I, I guess I won't vote for you. But a lot of people will vote for these people. And yeah, why would you want to shoot yourself in the foot? What are you, stupid? Yeah. And then when it's gone, when Medicare is gone, you start whining, well, I'm sick. So? Who cares? You're sick. Die. Yeah. You voted for this. This is what you voted for. And people don't, people don't, I don't, people, one thing I learned with, with, with reading stuff is, is 
there are consequences to what you do, like in anything. It's, there's consequences. So you go and vote because I like this guy here, but you maybe forget this is what he's going to do, which is going to impact you negatively, but you still vote for him anyhow. Once it's done, it's done. That's my thought on that whole thing. So, like I say, I will not vote for a Republican just as a protest mm -hmm. against the party as it is today. Well, this is, I mean, what you're saying is, is some pretty passionate stuff in the, in the political realm. And I think it kind of leads into my second question. Oh, if God, you were we're only at two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John, we just started. I know we did. <laughs> what time is it? Oh, it's all bedtime. I gotta yeah. go. So the second what? question is... Um, what is worth dying for? And it does anything hold enough weight that you would die for something anymore? I mean... Probably has to do with people. Okay. Sure. If any of my friends or their families mm -hmm. that I knew, and well, not knew, but I knew who they are, or my family and all that uh, needed to be protected under a certain circumstance, well, yeah. Hmm. Just like that. Just like, well, I mean, if you see your brother or your, your wife, mm -hmm. for example, yeah. she's being assaulted by some son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. And, or your little girl and everything like that. <laughs> this guy might kill you, but you're going to protect them. You're going to do your best to defend them. 100%. Exactly. That's, with my life. That's about yeah. it. But as far as any like ideologies or loyalty to some political system, eh. Yeah. It's way over my head. I'm, I'm not in control. I'm not going to. I'm not going to support people. Say our economic system here, capitalism. I'm not going to support these motherfuckers. I mean, yeah. The, the the phony tax tax breaks here last year, the year before, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. The people that don't need the money got the money. Yes, they did. Where those of us who might need the money didn't get shit. Oh, I got a whole $25 on my weekly paycheck. Oh, be still my beating heart. You really made a big score, you moron. Mm -hmm. You buy another shit, okay. Hmm. So that's the only thing I can think of, of that I would, if I was going to put myself in that position of possibly getting killed, would be, I got four sisters left. You know, I got a lot of old friends back back home yeah. and everything. It's yeah, it, it, but it's something that would be spontaneous right now. You're not even thinking about that. Yeah, I totally understand that. Yeah, you got some guy with a gun. Or, uh, give me your money or your life. Fuck you. Mm. Or I'll kill your wife, your your kids, your uh, whatever. I mean, but it's something that happens right now. Yeah, you don't even think about it. Sure. At least well, that's what I look at. No, I like that stance. I mean, <clears throat> it is interesting how people um, get behind ideologies, religion, philosophy, you know, uh, environmentalism even. Or uh, yeah. Environmentalism is very important, I think, because it affects all of us. I don't care what your ideology is, your religion, I don't care. Even, I don't care anyhow yeah. what your religion is. That's your business. But our environment, to me, is a very big deal. I mean, look what's going on in California. Half the state's burning to the ground. Yeah. And I haven't heard anything out of James Inhofe lately. Mm. You, does that name ring a bell? No. Should it? Republican I? senator from Oklahoma. Yeah. And he went in the Senate one day and with a snowball, comparing that to be <clears throat> climate change. global warming. This, this is too. weather. This has nothing to do with the overall big picture of the climate. This is this is weather today. Uh, is this guy stupid? Well, apparently so. But I haven't heard a peep out of this knucklehead. And I think he's still in in the, in the Senate for yeah. Oklahoma. It just guys like that are just, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And yet they have the power. To pass legislation that may harm the environment in some way, like this thing that's going on up in Alaska now, uh, the big salmon run. Mm -hmm. They're letting this Canadian outfit get in there, and they're gonna the, the big make the biggest salmon run on Earth. Yeah, on the southwest coast or whatever of, of Alaska. 
and they're gonna let these guys go in there and start digging the whole goddamn place up, which creates untold damage the ecosystem, yeah. for, for, for gold or silver, whatever the hell they're gonna dig it up for, and we'll see you later, salmon. Just like we're having now in Idaho. Mm. Big salmon runs can't make it into interior Idaho because of these dams, which, okay. I got a book over here that uh, called Cadillac Desert. And it was about the big dam, be dam building binge. The Bureau of Reclamation and the Army Corps of Engineers in the last century. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable what these guys were doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, look what we have, though. I, I mean, do you think that it's beneficial? Like the Hoover Dam, the Grand Coulee Dam? These... Well, the big dams, yes, for, for their... I don't know if, if, if Grand Coulee or Hoover Dam has an impact on salmon. But you got to remember that a lot of these dams that these, these guys went and built were little mini dams. They weren't mega dams. Hmm. So you start building dams like on the Columbia River and blocking off salmon access to get to their spawning runs and all that, uh, you know, it, you got to make, you got to make allowances to let these critters go and do their thing that they've been doing for thousands of years. Yeah. It's like a Kettle Falls. Well, Kettle Falls used to be a falls, but it's buried now under the Columbia River. Hmm. You know, when I was working up there, I'd go to the library when I was doing my, my schoolwork at Wazoo, and they had photographs of people there in the, the early 20th century pulling in salmon, the native tribes and everything like that, and here's the falls, and here I'm standing, and I'm looking, and I said, well, the falls aren't there anymore. I'm standing right there on the river myself. I had my little, my little hidey hole where I go and read my books, and but I was knee-deep wading in the river. Wow. <laughs> that was totally cool. But yeah, the falls is, it's, it's around here somewhere. Hmm. But um, Grand Coulee Dam did that, but so the salmon, I don't know if the salmon can still get up the river. If you don't want salmon, well then build more dams. If you like having a nice salmon dinner and all that, you've got to think about what you're up to. But there are consequences. Well, I think it's I think it's bigger than just the salmon. I think well, we're talking about ecosystems and well, it's, yeah, I can, animals. Right, but things. I mean, doing it with with in mind. Well, we have these factors that precede. Yeah. What we want to do by hundreds, if not thousands, of years. So we got to take that into account. If you're going to build dams, fine. For the economic vitality and, and, and a whole a host of things, but you also got to take into account. Well, if, do you like salmon? I mean, sure. Yeah. You, you got to have to make allowances for these critters to continue doing what they've been doing before, long before we got here. Yeah. And then we can go ahead and build our dam and get electricity. It's that, yeah, Grand Coulee Dam stuff like that to me is hugely beneficial. As long as it's done responsibly, and with an eye to the impact on, on life. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I think that was a perfect transition into question number three. Oh my God. Yeah. No, you're doing marvelously, John. <laughs> um, where does your inspiration come from? Books. Magazines. I read stuff. I read. I read a lot of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, I got one in there. I can't think of what it is. I only read it once. Sometimes I got to read things like three times before it sets up in my head like, like cement, yeah. if you will. Yeah, I'll show you when we're done here. But that's, the, that's it. It's just a plain and simple answer. Yeah, pretty much. Where else am I going to... Um, well, I don't know. Do your, your, well, that was a your, par your parents or... Oh. Well, I don't have any parents anymore. Well, I, I understand, but you became who you became probably because people in your life as well. Did your your parents were they big readers? Did you have Pop, like a strong emphasis on education and? Pop things? liked um, uh, Louis L'Amour. He was a he, he was a railroad conductor at Milwaukee Road, and he read all these westerns. A lot of guys do that, and they're, they're great short stories. They're wonderful. Sure. Um. My mother, not so much so. She, I don't remember see, seeing her with her nose in a book. Hmm. Pop would take him to work when he they go to lunch, on, his, on whatever job he was working on the railroad. And he would read these things. And then when he was retired, 
what else are you going to do? You know, he didn't read his books. Well, he had, he had one leg amputated, so he was not, not the most mobile of people. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day when people didn't worry about eating too much sausage <laughs> and shit like Seriously, back, that, in, back in Wisconsin and <clears throat> Illinois and the Midwest, I mean, oh. Why do you get, why do you get his leg amputated? What was the cause? Um, diabetes? Uh, I forget it was diabetes or what the, arterial sclerosis. Oh yeah. His veins shriveled up like spaghetti, uncooked spaghetti. Yeah, that's, yeah. And Ar plus he had other, arterial he had other, other ailments. The people that grew up in the early part of this century, or I mean of the, of the 20th century, I've got this other book. I've got a book for every. Of course every, you do. Yeah. Hey, books are your inspiration. This, this other, other <coughs> book. What the hell was the name? I, I think I gave it to Peter. Oh, the the poisoners. Mm-hmm. And I loaned it to Peter. He's got it. And in the late 18th century and early into the 20th century, food producers used to adulterate their products with you name it. Of course. Uh, and he's talking about Peter Shields for those of you listening. Right, yeah, Peter Shields, uh, <clears throat> Professor Shields. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Adulterate, well, yeah. They would adulterate these foods and well, sell it to people and there was like, like powdered milk. They added who knows what. Or bread, or sawdust like into, the, into the flour to make the bread. It wasn't bread, it was breadust or some shit like that. And they thought there was these huge battles in court and with the FDA and everything like that. And this one guy finally got the Food and Drug Act of 1906 passed. Yeah. And he's got, uh, they're fighting tooth and nails to poison people. I mean, come on. Little kids by the droves were dying because they adulterated milk. Of course. It's all about the buck, Joe. Exactly right. And it's still the same today, only it's, uh, it's a bigger deal today mm -hmm. because there's more money. There's more of these assholes doing this stuff. I and, mean, we, and we can sneak things and sweep it under the rug. And... Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. I'm very disappointed. Speaking as a nobody, I'm very disappointed in this country. Speaking as a nobody. Well, I am. I'm, I'm, who the hell gives a shit what I say? The point is, is that... Well, I do. That, well, of course, thank that's, you very that's much. Why, that's why I'm doing this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do. But I'm, I'm speaking in, in a more generalized way. It's, it's, it's when you do, go through colonial history and why people came over here, there's one thing that stands out to my mind, and it's the Puritans. Mm -hmm. Oh, what's your view on the Puritans? Well, let's the Puritans this. came over here in, what was it, 1620? Sure. They made beer. That, that Plymouth Rock that doesn't... There is no Plymouth Rock or wherever the fuck it is. I don't know. They came over here to escape persecution mm -hmm. in Britain, England. Yeah. This is before Britain. In England. And what was the first thing they did when they got here? Made beer? No, they persecuted people that didn't buy into their brand of Christianity. Yeah, the witch hunts. Well, that that's part of it, but that, that the big thing came before the witch hunt, and actually the witch hunt... And I've got a book on that over there, too. I, of course you do. Um, yeah, it's a great book, too. Wonderful. I'll loan it to you if you want to read it. Is it The Crucible? No, it's... Oh. Um, I'll, I'll, before you go, I'll, I'll show you. It's, it's over here someplace. It was a bunch of teen, a bunch of 12-year-olds, 12-year-old girls that did the whole shitteroo about people that got hung or drawn and quartered for, for witchcraft. It was a bunch of kids. Huh. Seriously. You gotta read it. The witch. The, oh God, it's over there. I'll, I'll get it for you. And it's. Um, but anyway, it, the Puritans are persecuted. Anyway, these people. guys left England to get away from being persecuted by the crown, and they came over to this country here and set up their towns and all this bullshit. And they did. And they the started persecuting thing. people that they yeah. just got away from. I said, "What the hell is going on here?" You do what you know, right? Exactly. I mean, are you kidding me? Well, escape persecution so you can go someplace else and, and be the persecutors. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> huh. Speaking of the Puritans. The Puritans. Uh, <clears throat> and how 
they had a religiosity controlling themselves and leading into their persecution of other people, this is my transition into our next question. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that you are in control of your life? And, uh, I mean, whether you do or don't, do you, what is something that you feel that holds you down? In the sense of being in control, yeah, I could pack up tomorrow and move back to Wisconsin. I can go to Hawaii. Matter of fact, Peter and I were talking about going off to Maui and renting a place and just hanging out there. Because of his whole, he's so unsatisfied with his apartment and all that? I think Peter suddenly discovered a dissatisfaction with Spokane. Oh, that's a bummer. This is is like days old, weeks old. This is totally new. Okay. You started talking. I have talked that way. You do know that this is being recorded for people to hear right now. (laughs) I have talked talked that way. That's okay. All right. Uh, I have talked that way in the past, and Peter always talked me out of it. You know, you don't want to do that. Blah, 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 blah. I said, okay, I I take your word for it. Now he's saying that, and I think a lot of it has to do with the, the negative possibilities at Eastern. Sure. Because of the whole shitteroo, this goddamn COVID bullshit. Yeah. And a lot of kids, you can't, they can't, they're not showing up. Oh yeah. At school for in class, you know, it's, it's. I, I get where he's coming from. Yeah, me too. And it's, it's. This, it, I think it's a very easy thing right now to look at things negatively and impossible negative. Well, he's looking outcomes. at the, he's looking at the income possibilities because he, he mentioned to me the other day something about um, um, these young guys, young people, as I recollect, coming out of PhD school. Mm-hmm being available for like a university like Eastern to come on board for significantly less what Peter is entitled to as a tenured professor. Yeah, but he's tenured. That's the whole... Con- the whole thing, a tenured, a tenured can go away. I didn't know that. We, he talked to me about it. And there is something in um, the protocols, if you will, of tenure that they can get rid of you with tenure if, they, if, if the university overall... Um, is in is in big time difficulty financially for whatever reason, and COVID nineteen seems to fit the bill, so they can go hire a brand new. And this is what I'm saying. Peter might, if he hears this, he might disagree with all I'm saying. But they can go and hire a thirty year old PhD. Oh, I get for it. significantly less than a sixty year old PhD with tenure. No, I understand. And what cut I'm him saying. loose, and so I think that's kind of. Put, maybe this, put the fear of God in them. It's a yeah. I was going to say it's a paranoia-driven sort well, of thing. Well, it's, it's probably valid paranoia, anyhow. Mm. Uh, but either way, yeah. Not about Peter. No, not about. <laughs> well, Peter's an example of the over the, the overriding question. Being in control of your life. Exactly. He's you know. It, it's it's kind of funny when you get into a situation where you're you think you're in control. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you have this feeling of you're not in control. Oh, I've been and in that. my mind, we're never in control anyhow. Ah, let's expound on that idea. Well, if you're... <clears throat> Please. You're, you're, well, we're all subject to... We're all subject to forces beyond our control. Whether it's in, in economics, your job situation, your employer. I mean, what if your employer goes belly up? But that's totally out of your control. Right. Uh, what if you get sick? That's out of your control too, unless you're um, you got a shitty lifestyle that makes you sick. Sure. But let's say you get hit by something and all that. That's not you didn't do anything. You just except be here. Yeah. Um, but as far as being in control, to me, is, is tenuous. I'm in control because I can go anywhere I want. I can sell this house and make a pile of money. I got my IRA. Yeah. I got my railroad retirement for the rest of my life and all that. Sure. I can take off. Yeah. In that sense, yeah, I'm in control. But if I get to where I want to go to this paradise and everything, and then I come down with the the shits or something like that, I'm no longer in control. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally out of control. Yeah. So to me, being in control of your life, it's okay, but it's it cannot be okay. It, 
once reality comes up like everybody else, it's you're not really in in total control. Let's let me make it a total control. I think that's a great local thing. control. Yeah, it's like when I was on the railroad, I go from here to there, and I had a couple of bosses. When are you gonna When are you gonna light, Welch? As soon as I, as soon as I get to wherever the hell I'm going. When are you gonna light? Light. What does that mean? Land. Oh. Where are you gonna land? You ever heard that? No. Is that is that railroad jargon? No, no. It's, when are you gonna it's, light? No, no. It's just. Um, <clears throat> you you. You're not from here originally, right? I was born in the Detroit area. Okay. So you're from Detroit, which is not Spokane, but you lighted here. You you you, you landed here, and mm -hmm. had to set up a life for yourself. You got a beautiful wife. You got a lovely little girl. Mm -hmm. You got your boys, from a previous thing, and all that. But this, you 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 lighted here, just like me. Oh. I lighted here. I have not heard that term. Right. Well, L I G H T is yeah. You just you just land. So your boss used to say that to you. Huh? Where are you gonna? When are you gonna light? I had, I had a couple of bosses on a rail, on uh, mostly Burlington Northern. I said, well, it's when are you gonna light someplace? You just can't keep going like this. I said, well, you're exact. I, I quite agree. But right now I'm. You're gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. You're a wanderer. You guys keep hiring me all the time and everything like that. I kick ass and don't have train wrecks and shit like that. I show up for the job and I'm not a problem. You guys are going to keep hiring me, and they did. So, in that sense, I was kind of in control. But Casey Jones. That's hey, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I never, yeah, I, I prided, I always prided myself on being competent in my work. That's and pay great. attention, show up for work. Don't piss the boss off. Cultivate the boss's... A buddy, if sure. you will, yeah, within reason, of course. And just, this is what they hired me to do, and this is what I'm going to do. End of story. Yeah, that's that is your local that control. Was, that was my philosophy, exactly. I just, if I'm supposed to be here at two o'clock in the morning, and there's a raging blizzard, I'm going to be there at two fucking o'clock in the morning in a raging blizzard because I like riding trains at, at 50, 60 miles an hour in raging blizzards. It's fun. You've done it. Oh fuck yeah, man! I'm telling you, you should see when I was running from here to Whitefish on Amtrak at old dark thirty in the middle of winter, oh, in a raging snowstorm. Oh, what a blast! Really? Oh shit! Especially where you'd hit the well, berms. I, just, where, I can't where, imagine that like the wind is affecting the train much. No. Yeah. I'm overcoming it because of the locomotives. Well, yeah. But we're. The highway guys would come out and they plow the crossings. Mm -hmm. Leave the berm about like that, and I hit one of them at 80 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, fun. I bet. I was like a kid in a candy store. Man. I had a blast. The same thing, well, different actually in in Southern California on the Santa Fe with three locomotives and 16 passenger coaches going 90 miles an hour at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, give you a. Wow. I was like a kid in a candy store. I'm having a blast. Had more fun than running to San Diego at 90 miles an hour. Yeehaw. So that's part of the control thing is go to places like that where I get to go really fast and have fun. Gosh. Yeah, it's not all that bad. It's like 40 seconds a mile at 90. I got the track chart in here. I, I still have one of them. Yeah, I'm, I, but I, I mean, just thinking about like the weight and the power Damn. behind all this is just, it's really wild. You're all on four foot eight and a half gauge reel. This is it. And all the rest of it is back here. Passenger trains don't weigh shit. Hmm. We had, in Saudi Arabia, we had, what did we have? We had three locomotives, which was always underpowered as far as I was concerned. We needed four. Um, 23,000 ton. Or trains. You're, yeah, you're, 22, 23,000 ton. <clears throat> yeah, you're throwing out numbers that are just so big that it's hard well, for me to comprehend. Well, they're gigantic. Yeah. They're, they're gigantic, but we, don't, we were underpowered. <clears throat> I, I always used to bitch at these guys that we need another locomotive. Two on the point and two on the rear. Hmm. 
when I was hauling coal trains in Wyoming and all that, I had six on the point and two on the rear with an engineer wow. pulling the throttle. But I had six locomotives on the front, 18,000 horsepower. And he had another 12, or uh, no, six on the rear. And was it the same amount of weight as Saudi Arabia? No. Oh. They're 15,000. Oh. 15,000 ton. Yeah, the coal trains are 15. Grain trains are about 15. Once you get the hang of it, nothing to it. Seriously. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> none of that railroad shit. Where was I? The railroad stuff is very interesting. Like, um, well, just just because it's it's really unique. It's like a very small genre. It is. Railroading, as I just read in your book, uh, is is very interesting, and and I also think it has a lot of influence on how you think about control because being behind the power of a lo locomotive doing the railroad thing you were just telling me you can pull 200 containers with your pinky or whatever Absolutely. yeah that's that's pretty wild as long as i got a strong enough muscle in my pinky well sure uh but <laughs> seriously so i I, I, I really do think that in being in that position, it, it will alter the, the way that you're looking at the, how you think about control and maybe, maybe level you out more so than other people even. But the second part of the, of the question about control is, do you feel that you have anything that holds you down? The only thing that holds anybody down is fear of not succeeding. I think that's, huh. that's generic. I don't know. Everybody. Everybody's got a certain fear of whatever they take <clears throat> of, of not succeeding. And it's how you deal with that or eliminate it uh, that defines how you're going to proceed in whatever you're doing. Hmm. That's my opinion. Being in control of a train is absolute. Yeah. You can't have any ins or outs or, you know. Right. I'm the boss. You're not going to do what I don't let you do. Right. I get, that's yeah. the attitude to have. Well, that's what I was saying, that I feel that because of that, like, absolute... But it was you, familiar. Yeah. Um, I thought of going to work since I, got, since I retired and all that. And I, eh. There's certain things I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And they mostly revolve around drudge. Hmm. Um, uh, it's, it doesn't interest me. And besides that, you're vulnerable to the whims of the boss. Um, sure. Whereas we had unions. Yeah. That kind of helped us out a little bit. Or not. Um, oh, yeah. Rep, weren't you guys Teamsters? The BLE. Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers. Oh, it was That was one of my shows. unions. And then there was oh. the BLF of E. Brotherhood of Locomotive Firemen and Enginemen. That was my first union hmm. back in the 60s. Anyway, it, <clears throat> I've, always had, I've always been able to go f from one railroad job to another because I knew what I was doing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't like grunge labor. Um, to me, having a halfway decent job is like in a bookstore. How do you mean? Well, putting books on this shelf and putting books on that shelf and shit like that. I'm surrounded by knowledge. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, is I don't really want to work. <laughs> Touche. Me neither. <laughs> I, you know, well, you have to. I don't. Um... If I had to, well, then I'd probably go find something. Mm. Um, I, I, the first place I go is the Burlington Northern here and say, "You guys hiring?" <laughs> that was my that was my first option. I'm gonna find where's the nearest railroad. Um, anyway, I think fear of not succeeding is a is a good. Um, mo uh, well, unmotivator, if you will. Yeah, sure. Um, do you think I don't think I can do that job. I don't. I don't think I like that company or whatever. Or I'm too old, which is now probably a factor. 
why these assholes hold age against people. Hmm. Well, seriously, I mean, what, what, you, you, don't, you don't like guys that are fit, over 50? Or do you think that they're incompetent? Do you, do you read their resumes? Do you, you know, do you see their educational level, blah, blah, blah? What's the problem? Hmm. Problem's with you. Maybe you should get fired, and I'll take over your job. Seriously. I mean, it's, it's like the Puritans. Back to the Puritans. Back to the Puritans. They were persecuted, and all of a sudden they come over here and they think, oh, they got a big fat cat caught in the ass and everything like that. Now all of a sudden they're the persecutors. <clears throat> well, anyway. You, you want to take a sharp left turn and go to the next question? Sure. All right. Um, I don't have a transition for this. It's oh, just. Okay. I'll try and make up something. Okay. No, it should be good. Um, have you ever done anything that you think is truly wrong? And do you believe that anything can be truly wrong? Well, please don't implicate yourself. We, you know, this is going to be over the airways. Uh, truly wrong. Well, I could think of something right now. I don't know if I want to bring it up. No, that's fine. You don't have to. Um, but, um, uh, I, I, I thought of that when I looked at that question. It says, am I going to spill the beans or not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. You just... Oh, that was a cliffhanger. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I didn't rob a bank or anything like that. <clears throat> hmm. Probably with this... The only thing I can think of offhand among other things was this girlfriend I used to have here back in the day and not um, oh, letting her get away let me put it that way mm -hmm. oh you think that was the thing that was truly I was totally, yeah I was totally fucked up <clears throat> she was very much into me and I was indifferent uh, yeah, I just bumped into her a couple three months ago, over at uh, Huckleberry's. Going, oh my so God, letting let someone it. get away. Hmm. So letting someone get away because of indifference. You yeah, really... yeah. I just yeah. And I looked at her and I said, "Oh my God, she still looks fabulous." Huh. Yeah. She used to work for the county. Anyway. Truly wrong. You believe that was wrong, eh? Well, wrong in the sense that um, it harmed me hmm. and her. Um, that's the, that's the, the only the sense I would look at it. Mm -hmm. It's not like I went and beat somebody up or hit them over the head with a baseball bat or shit like that. I've never done that before. Well, that's good. But that's what I think. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, letting this 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 woman um, get away I'd be showing up at uh, the tap house and all these places with this this female and yeah it was it was it was self-harming and in hindsight it's even stupid yeah. so I, I don't know if that answers your question I think that's good enough answer to the question well yeah I could go and Come up with something else that's even worse. Yeah, you don't need to. I ain't gonna. No, that's fine. Well, <laughs> all right. I think that's a good answer. Okay. And I like it because I haven't had anybody else answer like that. I like it. I mean, it happens all the time though. I bet you I, I can't. Th I bet you there's any number of men out there have got somebody like that in their past. Um, before they meet Miss Wright. Yeah. Whatever. Sure. You always got the one that got away. Yeah. Hmm. And I'm sure women have the same thing. Yeah. I, I actually... You look at it from the other angle. I, and I have, I have this... Like, irrational fear of that kind of thing in my head. Of, really? Well, you're... Fear of what? I mean, you've got a beautiful woman for your wife. I do. And but, she's got a beautiful man for her husband. And yeah. you have this little girl. So, I mean, what... But that, but what you're saying, I think, is a very interesting thing that I think people hold on to that is like beyond their 
common sense or whatever, like the one that got away just because of this notion in your head. Well, it's a question of being stupid. Yeah, yeah. But to me, that's what it boils down to. I, I was really stupid in this instance. Not that I haven't been stupid in other instances, but this one is more profound. Yeah. Simply because it's a person that is no longer here. Anyway, next. Next. Okay. <laughs> On to the next one. This question has a lot of words in it. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll answer what? with a lot of words. Okay, please do, because this could go any direction. <laughs> what words did Bob use? Yeah, jeez. <laughs> oh, Bob. Okay. We miss, we miss you, Bob. Yeah, Bob, we do. <clears throat> what is your opinion about the natural hierarchical order in reference to humanity? It sucks. Oh, please keep going. Why? Well, who establishes the natural hierarchy, hierarchical order? Are you talking about uh, like lions and uh, sheep? Well, or human uh, humans in power and wealth? I'm talking about all of that. I'm talking about whatever you want to answer, because obviously this question can be taken in a lot of different ways. Well, I will speak for human beings then. Please do, because I'm one. Because, well, so am I. But anyway, it's, it's a given. I mean, nobody's, nobody's going to be able to change the relationship between um, uh, predators and prey. Okay. In the animal world. Well, what about in the human world? We have, because that we can be changed. Have predators and prey. That can be changed, but it's going to have to be changed by predators. And they're not going to go and cut their own throats. Simply to let the sheep get by, get away. And I'm now what? we're getting we're going to get into the the realm of economics and politics. Obviously, um, I know this is a heavy question. Well, yeah, it is. But I mean, you're going to get human in human beings is the the ruling thing is going to be. Um, in in, the, in, the, in economics, business, so making do you, money. So do you think, just before you jump on this, do you think this is a natural hierarchy or do you think this uh, became a hierarchy because of something? I think it's, be, um, well, uh, good question. It, in my mind, it's something that develops over time in a society. Which you get people who make piles and piles of money providing services and so on, and they start <clears throat> influencing but the that, political powers. That actually is a natural process, don't you think? It depends on the economic system. I mean, it, were we supposed to? It's were we supposed to eventually uh, develop an economic system based on um, uh, power? through wealth, to deal with politics. I don't think that that's what Adam Smith was thinking about when he was talking about the, the invisible hand of the economics and the growth that way. I, well, don't, I don't think that is the case. That was in Britain. Look at the power, look at, the, look at the economics today. Corporate, corporate influence in everything from the dog catcher to the president of the United States. Let's not bring up the president. <laughs> oh, man. okay. My apologies. Okay, how the dog about, catcher to how about that knucklehead from Kentucky? Jeff Bezos. Oh, okay. What knucklehead from Kentucky? Which one? Um, oh, Moscow Mitch, of course. Oh, okay. Um, economics. Economics, and actually, I shouldn't say business. And wealth is what exercises control here, in my my opinion, in this country, and well, it's exercised through people that are elected to the offices that are empowered to exercise uh, power, mm -hmm. but they maybe do it at the behest of the economic power. Well, we need this law, we need this, we need that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And by the way, here's $500,000 for your campaign contribution. Mm -hmm. 
or that's more. A, that's what that, well that to me that's one of the evils of in my opinion one of the evils of um, capitalism and it's probably any economic system you can come up with that wealth is going to call the shots yeah and the people who who um, uh, fire the shots if you will are the people that we put in office they're the doers these guys are the motivators these guys are the doers yeah you're never. You're just. You're not going to get away from. Get away with it. It's like. It's like trying to get Congress to to vote itself into term limitations. Ain't going to happen. No. Because they're cutting their own throat. Right. And we can't have a constitutional. Well, I suppose we could have a constitutional convention. It'd be a big bloody brawl if the people could somehow be organized to say we want to constitute. We want to have a constitutional convention to change the term limitations of members of Congress, whether the House or the Senate. And these guys are going to fight it tooth and nail because it's yeah. their jobs on the line. The whole system of how D.C. works is on the line. Well, this is all in our Constitution. That's kind of the problem with the whole thing. That's why I'm saying a constitutional convention yeah. to modify that aspect of the Constitution. Who's, I mean... They aren't going to do it. It's unrealistic. Of yeah. course it is. Yeah. yeah. It'll never change. So you got six-year terms, unlimited terms for, for the Senate, and two-year terms unlimited for the House. Yeah. And I always thought, well, two terms in the Senate, 12 years, and six terms in the House, 12 years, you're out. Right. Sounds good to you me. You can't run again in your lifetime. Nor can you lobby for 15, 20, whatever, never happened. And therefore, the whole system is not gonna change because the players already are playing and knucklehead Drumpf, Herr Drumpf, um, is running things in his, according to his wisdom, if you will. Right. It ain't gonna change. This country will go down the toilet, which it will eventually, Anyhow, because um, nobody wants to change. They don't give a shit. Well, I got, I got mine and screw you. Hmm. I mean, that is... I'm one, very cynical. I was going to say, that's one perspective. Um, well, why would people cut their own throat and change an economic system no matter how much damage? You say, well, look at these idiots with climate change. Or the current administration, with they don't believe experts. Yeah. I got a book in here that I've written down that I've got. To, I just have to pick up. It's called "The Death of Expertise." I don't believe you. Doctor Trump supersedes any doctor in in the country, and that's why I call him Doctor Trump. Sadly, yeah. Yeah, this is this bullshit, and is 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 his pissant tonto. That jughead from Indiana. Oh, I don't need to wear a mask. No, you're already stupid. You know, when, when did you get your doctorate degree? Where, where, where does it say you're an MD? That's what gets me. That's the first thing I think of when Trump pronounces his bullshit. Where did you get your MD at? This guy's got distinguished years of service. Fauci, as a medical doctor, you don't. Yeah. You're a failure at everything you've done, and yet you're telling this guy he's full of shit? And you people, are, you idiots, are voting for this guy? What the fuck, over? Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, that's that. Well, that's kind of that. So you oh. think, you're thinking that wealth defines hierarchy. Absolutely. Wealth, wealth defines power. And you can translate that into being a hierarchy. Well, sure. But, I mean... And the, politi the politicians, too. That's a hierarchy in its own right. Well, that only lasts so long. I mean, look at Marie Antoinette, right? That was then. You think it's different now? I don't see us <clears throat> leading Mitch McConnell and his cohorts onto a guillotine and chopping his noggin off anytime soon. Well, 
Although now that I think about it, hmm. Well, these are the only guys that I hope get COVID-19. Well, Trump just got it. No, not that jughead. <laughs> I'm talking about these Republicans in the Senate. Because if enough of them get COVID-19 and they can't show up to vote, they won't be able to bring this woman in as a Supreme Court justice. Oh, gee. Bottom line seems to me that Republicans are going to be their worst enemies because of their, their following of Trump's disparaging of the realities of this COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. They don't wear masks. They, 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 they just, they don't, they don't pay attention to the experts and they're not experts. And now they're gonna pay the price. They got two senators out already, tested positive. They got two females who've already said they're not gonna to vote to confirm anybody. So they're, they got four senators out of the, out of the action right now to confirm Amy, the, the appellate judge. Mm -hmm. um, and Trump wants to do it like yesterday. Yeah. And Trump now comes down with COVID. Yeah. And these guys, are they're, they're being hoisted on their own petard for political purposes. None of these guys make any statements medically because they're not qualified. They're all political statements. Well, we don't have to worry about that. And Trump even came out today and said, he said, well, we got this, we're coming around the corner with this damn thing, blah, blah, blah. That's a, that's a political statement, asshole. It's not a medical statement because you're not a doctor. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And people vote for, that's what gets me. They vote for these guys. And I just wonder, are you people really, really that dumb? And you didn't like it when people on a smart, the smart coast were calling you dumb, but you're demonstrating how dumb you are. <clears throat> what are we supposed to think? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, my, what was it? One of my brothers-in-law was raving the other day when I talked to him about people up in northeastern Wisconsin. And just, oh, there's a big naval um, shipyard up there in uh -huh. Marinette, Wisconsin. And these people, oh, Trump this, Trump that, I'm going to kiss his ass and suck his dick and all this bullshit. And you're really that stupid. Well... When you don't have health care anymore because you vote that you voted it out, don't come whining to me. Yeah, I, I I just think it's people turning a blind eye and speaking out of ignorance. But they don't like being characterized as being ignorant. No. That's one of their one of people's beefs in the fly flyover states, if you will. And I don't like that term at all. Uh, they don't have in large measure, they don't have access to the internet, which is a failing. Uh, they probably don't have much, many of them, decent education, at least up to the high school level. I'm just, and I'm just guessing on that. I don't know, but I've lived in rural Nebraska and rural Colorado, and <clears throat> people work their asses off farming and ranching and everything like that. And I thought they were nice folks. Well, I'm. I guarantee you, these well, people that you're talking about are nice folks. Yeah, it's just, it's just, they're not well informed. Well, that's because, yeah, that's, yeah. They're, they're informed with what they want to be informed with. Yeah, that and I don't be. think they're capable of distinguishing, distinguishing bullshit from facts. That's you know how else. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah. COVID nineteen is a hoax. <laughs> oh well, thank you, Mr. President, uh, or, or or I mean, Doctor President, uh, for clarifying that for me. What are your qualifications? They don't care about it. The death of expertise. That one book I haven't bought it yet, but I got it written down in my bathroom. Every time yeah. I take a piss, I look at that. And go, I gotta go pick up that fucking book. The death of expertise. Death of expertise. Yep. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. all right, well, you want to wrap this up? Well, if you're, if you're ready, yeah, if you don't have any more questions. I have one last question. And oh, it's, God, is this the toughie? Well, it's a little lighthearted, but oh. maybe it's the toughie. I thought we've been lighthearted anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last question is, uh, what is your theme song? I've been working on the railroad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my.
Malone. Long oh, day. Long day. <laughs> oh my gosh. That I mean uh, that might be a fitting. I mean, I don't have a theme song. So, well I, I don't even know. Is who 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 made that song popular? Do you I have, have no idea. idea. The Choo Choo Boys or something. Like that. Railroad, That's an oldie. Oh, really, really old. Live long days. Yeah, totally. But hey, that's you. I'd have to go back and look at some of my albums. I've got a bunch of vinyl back here. I saw that. Some of them are brand spanking new, they look like. Hmm. Um, hmm. Stairway to Heaven might work. Why is that? Because I like Led Zepp. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, uh, get your yayas out. Oh. When the levee breaks. What's who did that? That's a Led Zeppelin song. Really? Oh, well, yeah. it's been a while. I haven't, I haven't listened to one of those things in months, which is not a big deal. It's just flipping a couple buttons on the tuner and, yeah. or the amplifier. Well. Um, I don't have an inspirational song. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I like that you said I've been working on the railroad. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 that's you, John. Yeah, exactly. Not anymore. Well, how long have you been out? Retired? Yeah. Uh, uh, 07. Okay. Same two months after I graduated from WSU. Really? Yeah, I got my BA finally. And then you retired. Well, yeah, I, I graduated. you've been working on the railroad all your live long days. Yep. I graduated in May of 07 and retired in July of 07. Oh, that's awesome. Took long enough. Hey. Oh, man. Well, right on. I should have stayed originally when I was at Marquette University. I should have stayed there. I had three years. And I was working full-time on the railroad, and I just ran out of gas. Yeah. Fuck. Well. Probably a little drunk too and stoned. <laughs> oh out. man, we didn't even talk about your LSD trip. That's right, we are cut either. <laughs> oh boy. Them and the mushrooms. Oh geez. We've missed out on a lot of good information, oh, John. Oh boy, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I remember the first time when Disney World opened up in Kissimmee, Florida. Yeah. Several of our acquaintances uh, went from Wisconsin went down there to go to work. Yeah, knock yourselves off. Some of my more intimate acquaintances decided we needed to go visit. <laughs> so we went down. We're sitting around this guy's patio or in his house, whatever, in um, Orlando. And he came in and started handing us lunch bags. What the hell is this? We're going to go picking mushrooms, boys. Let's go. And I found out then that Florida was the second largest cattle producing state in the Union. And I was like, what? Hmm. What happened to Montana and Colorado? Yeah. Anyway, so we were told all we got to do was we hop the fence and you look for the cow pies, pull the mushrooms out and put them in the bag and we'll all get together back at the house. What the fuck? What is this shit? You ever heard of psilocybin? Uh, kind of. Chow down. I couldn't eat them. They were, it was like eating shit. Oh, well, yeah. So what I wound up doing is breaking chunks up in the mouth, take a slug of beer. Yeah. And now I'm That was your first mushroom trip? Yep. Yep. That was the Fresh one. ones that you picked from cow pies. Yep. The second time I did that from cow pies was on Maui. Oh, my gosh. Picking them, picking them and I was drinking this bottle of Steinlager from New Zealand. Yeah. I was drinking that shit and washing it down. I said, I can't chew these things, I'll puke. And next thing you know, woo! And the great thing about them is you didn't get this belly rush that you got with the shit that pharmaceutical LSD was cut with. It was speed. Yeah. Yeah, white crosses. And, and I don't know, I've never done it. Well, it was cut, usually the, the, the pharmaceutical acid, um, as I recollect, the pills, mm -hmm were cut with um, um, speed. Man. And it just gave this, and you're, you're off, the, off the space. But I don't remember doing it with, with um, when I was buying hits of blotter acid in San Francisco for a buck. And the guy <laughs> just tear off a little bit of his blotter. Here you go, buddy, oh, here's your dollar. 
Or what was the other one? Window panes. Window pane, LSD, same thing in San Francisco. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Yahoo. Yeah. I wouldn't do that shit today. I have no idea. I didn't know what, I had no idea then what this crap was cut with, what it was made of. Yeah. But I didn't care, man. Bling. But now, um, yeah. I'm not going to kick the bucket because I don't check, check the, the ingredients on oh, LSD. My MS. <laughs> So, and nobody worried about that shit. That, yeah. was, the, that was the whole thing. Yeah, here, have a hint of this. Oh, no, I'll try a hunk of that. And, <laughs> oh, my God. You got any blue macrodots? You know, well, I got purple macrodots. <laughs> Those oh. things you had to cut in half with a razor blade because it was just too <clears throat> potent. And they're about the size of... Mm. Uh, where? What the fuck? Oh, they're about the size of that little symbol right here. Oh, no kidding. Yep, that's small. That'd be about the size of a purple microdot or a blue microdot too, but you had to cut them in half with a razor blade. Otherwise, my buddy Tom White and I were getting ready to go out on the town of Milwaukee. And we smoked a bunch of dope, drank a bunch of beer, dropped a microdot each, and went out. And it just for some reason made me sick as a dog. I was purple and puke, puking purple. Oh, were you and really, or did you just think you were? <laughs> Was it what? Were you really, or did you just think you were? I don't recall. <laughs> <laughs> but, any, but anyway, the thing was, after I got my stomach, stomach settled down on it, I got off like a bandit. Still. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure. I said, holy shit, why am I getting stoned out of my mind here? Well, shut up, let's go to this bar. <laughs> now, Tom White is a very distinguished gentleman in the city of Milwaukee, and he's a restaurateur, and... He won't talk about LSD or he won't talk about the the good old days and shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay, Tom, no problem. All oh right. my lord. Well, that was the perfect way to end this. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> well, thank you, John. No this problem. Was, this I, was I a... had a great time. I was I was a bit apprehensive. <laughs>